Welcome on to Hollinger and Duncan. If you're listening on the free feed, thanks so much uh, for listening. If you're listening as a subscriber, thanks so much uh, for being a subscriber. As we get up to the trade deadline, we're going to have lots of interesting stuff, uh, including the mock trade deadline. That's uh, only a couple of weeks away. Uh, Amazingly, we'll do trade deadline outlooks uh, for all 30 teams. uh, And of course, uh, you'll get Seth Partnow's writing, Dan Feldman's writing, uh, in addition, of course, to every Hollinger and Duncan and every Dunked on Prime episode with me and Danny LaRue. So six episodes per week. Please consider subscribing if you have not yet done so. So, John, we last did this three years ago. Has it been that long we already? Des- we were desperately looking for content in the midst of the pandemic stoppage. Okay. But much has changed. We're going to talk today about who we think will make the Hall of Fame. And kind of my rough shorthand is, in is greater than 50% chance of making it, out is less than 50% chance of making it. But let's talk first about just what your standard is for someone who should be in the Hall of Fame. I think my standard is different uh, than the standard that has been used. (laughs) But to me... I want, I want somebody who, at some point in his career, was he one of the 10 best players in the league? Um, did he have enough longevity that he was uh, an all-star caliber player for half a decade? I don't know about actual all-star selections, but, I mean, a half-decade dec- half run at an all-star level, I think, is sort of a, a almost a minimum requirement. And uh, then excellence beyond that, all NBA MVP consideration that moves you closer, I think, to the to the inner tier where you're where you just you just waltz right in. Yeah, for me, I'm pretty close to that. I would say I want you to have five top twenty seasons. In my view, if, okay. if I were actually running the Hall of Fame, you know, unless there are just some crazy circumstances. Now, of course, this will be a discussion both of our own ideas of who should be in and this is active players only by the way not retired players yes and also though the reality of who is actually going to get in as well they'll consider things like college which is not really we'll note when that can be a important part of it we'll note when international play could be an important part of it which i think it should you know it'd be it would be nice if the nba had its own hall of fame but it doesn't it's the only thing we have is the basketball hall of fame Right now, and you know, with the beautiful transparent process that they have, I see no reason why you would want to change that. <laughs> that's, that's a joke, by the way, for people who aren't too familiar with the, the Basketball Hall of Fame. So, wanted to add another couple of things that I thought were kind of interesting a, as we go through here. Um, well, actually, here, a little bit more on the criteria. How do you feel about things like playoff success or? longevity but not longevity at really like a all-star level um someone who changed the game in some way like should that stuff be part of the criteria to you i think those things can help a borderline case i think there there's this underlying question of can you tell the story of basketball without this guy yeah uh, yeah that, that i think comes up but you can you can take that too far too right like, we don't need to put God Sham God in the Hall of Fame, even though there's a move named after him, right? So, 
So this is another kind of interesting thing. I, I did this research a, a little bit ago, but I think it's worth repeating. So when I went back and looked a while ago, I counted 67 Hall of Famers whose career included 1970 or later. So that's basically the moment that you had a reasonable number of teams, including the ABA. Mm-hmm. And through 1992, uh, players whose career started in 92 or later. So that's a, a little over a 20-year period. Mm-hmm. And there were 67 Hall of Fame players who were active during that period. A few more have been added since then. But basically what you're looking at is two or three guys per year per draft class. It is about what you get on average for Hall of Famers. And at any given time playing the league, you've probably got 30, maybe with added longevity these days, 30 to 40 Hall of Famers at various stages in their careers, active in the league at a given time. Uh, So that's, I, I think, as we go through it, I mean, we'll see. It'll be interesting to count how many we actually say right now we expect to make it. The other thing you brought this up last time, I think it's interesting, is uh, the Charlotte test. Like, how would we feel about this guy if he played his whole career in Charlotte versus, say, in New York, Boston, or LA? Yeah, yeah. Or on, or on what you know, on championship caliber teams versus if if they hadn't been. Like, I, I do feel the the Hall of Fame historically has been very kind to players who happen to end up on championship level teams and. Contributed somewhat to them, but basically, you know, we're the fourth best player or whatever. Yeah. Now, I would give more credence to someone who is on a championship team or multiple championship teams, particularly like iconic teams, as opposed to a similar quality regular season player who never really had much of an impact in the playoffs. And, hey, you know, maybe some of that is luck of the draw. Some of it, though, is maybe that you push that team to that level and some of these guys, we don't know if they would have performed in the playoffs or not, but some of them we do. Like I think, obviously, both these guys were obvious Hall of Famers, but to me, Tim Duncan is probably a similar quality regular season player to Kevin Garnett, but because he just has more of a playoff resume, we don't know whether KG could have done what Duncan did in the playoffs, but we do know that Duncan did do that. And, of course, championships, the playoffs, like that, I think maybe more than any other sport, playoffs are what matter in the NBA. So I do focus on that a little bit more. All right. Who are your locks? They retire today. That's it. They're done. They're in. Okay. So I think there are 10 guys that we can start with. Okay. Yeah. They were the 10 active players who were named to the NBA's top 75 list. I don't yes. think there's any question about any of these guys, right? So LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Giannis Atacumpo, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard. Yeah, Lillard to me was maybe the most controversial of active players in terms of his selection to the top 75 list. Should we talk about his resume a little bit? Only one conference finals for Damian Lillard. What else is on his resume? Uh, six all-star appearances, uh, six all-NBA selections, though. I mean, that's <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, you, you, 
Guys, guys with that many, they, they end up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Lillard has one first team, four second team, one third team. So a total of six. And I agree. I think it, and he's also the fact he's back again playing at an all NBA or certainly all star level this season after missing last year. But since we last did this 2020, 2021, he also was playing at an extremely high level. So yeah, I think for me, he's got at least six years you know probably 14 15 is the first year he starts at maybe playing at a top 20 player in the nba level and i think he's been about at that level and maybe even on the fringes of the top 10 uh, for maybe three or four of those years as well so yeah I, I think that one is pretty obvious anthony davis too i mean he's got a ton of all-star selections a, a ton of all nba even even if he he just never makes it back to really have an impact again i think you got to throw him in there and then the rest of these guys i mean they're just as as lock as it gets i mean so yeah. again that list is lebron and kd i, I mean kd's resume is pretty ridiculous uh, as well I mean, chris paul i think m- maybe there would have been some question in some people's minds not mine until he had this re- late career renaissance that took place over the last three years with okc and phoenix Kawhi, uh, again, I mean, he's missed a bunch of time due to injuries. He's probably only really had, gosh, I don't know, five real high-level regular seasons and probably only three or four, like, big-time playoff runs. Even the year when he won the Finals MVP, he probably wasn't playing at, you know, a Hall of Fame level in 2013-14, the first year he won Finals MVP. Uh, But he's just been so good. Another guy you just, like... That 2019 Raptors team, like, if you're the best player on a championship team, I mean, that's another one where it's like, it's real hard to keep you out. And he's got enough exactly on that, too. Exactly. Uh, regarding Lillard, I believe every modern player with at least six All-NBA selections uh, has ended up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And, and I think that's fair. That's, I mean, that's in theory, uh, unless it was just a terrible All-NBA selection, which I don't... I mean, it's it's. I don't think there are that many selections where you're just like, oh, this guy isn't even like an all-star level player right, making right. all NBA. I mean, there's been a few kind of weird ones over the last few years, like Julius Randle on second team, and you know, some of these Ben Simmons selections. I was a little little lower on, or like Goran Dragic got a third team All NBA in 2014. But to make it that many times, like you got to be pretty good. Like it's not going to be one of these fluke seasons. Yes, and uh, every modern player with eight all-star selections has also made the Hall of Fame, which would be Anthony Davis is at eight. Even before this okay, year, he so, might make it nine this year. So there's there's your 10 who made the NBA 75. And, of course, just if they made the NBA 75, like they're going to make the Hall of Fame. And that there's just no, no way that they wouldn't get voted in. Yeah. Who else is out there as far as active players that we think have done enough Full stop. Right now, they retire tomorrow. They're in. Are we still considering Dwight Howard an active player? I don't think so. Okay. I don't, I don't think so. But it, but he would be a lock, obviously. Okay. I mean, his, the, uh, his the, resume is the awesome. next most obvious lock is Nikola Jokic, two-time MVP. Gonna get another top five MVP finish in almost all likelihood this year. I think he had one in 2019 as well. Every MVP is in, I think, or a lock to be in, except for one who we'll get to. Uh, yeah, Nik- Nikola Jokic is just, and then you throw in his international resume as well. And this is even without talking about the fact that he's going to be a really, really good player for a, a long, long time too. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I think he's there at this point. He was even for some people, a controversial omission from the top 75. I 
felt a little bit better about not having him on the top 75 just due, because he hasn't had any like huge playoff moments only made it to one conference finals um you know he still has been more of a regular season for us so far in his career but yeah i think uh i, I think he's in for sure yeah, I thought that was a total egregious fail to leave him off the top 75, especially given some of the players that were placed on that list. Uh, but uh, Yeah, no, I, I, th- I think Dave Bing is better than him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great call. Great call. Yeah. Um, okay, here's here's another one. So, so all right, so he's your next lock. You, you kind of have these in order, it sounds like. So who's... Yeah. Who is next for you in terms of the next best resume among? Uh, yeah, I guess that's interesting to say. Like, does, have, does Jokic have the next best resume? Among clearly, clearly that's, to me. Yeah, like I not even so, close. Yeah. So then there are three veteran players in the Pacific Division that I think are going to glide right in. Um, even though I don't, I don't know if they're like they're the facts of their resumes aren't like don't necessarily scream automatic, but. They, they're going to go right in. Uh, and that's okay. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Paul George. Let's start with Thompson first. I, he probably, to me, has the weakest resume of those players. I believe he only has two All-NBA teams. Is that right? And uh, that is correct. Two All-NBAs and I believe it's five five All-Stars. Five All-Stars is pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, I think... Both Clay and Draymond maybe would have been on the borderline for some people before last year and winning another championship with the Warriors. And you might say neither of them was at their absolute best during that championship run. But I I thought that just so well established that trio along with Stephen Curry as an essential part of the NBA. The Warriors are now, I would say, one of maybe the four most important teams in league history at this point like as far as like a dynasty and a group of players and you got the 90s bulls you've got the 60s celtics and then i would say this warriors team is now probably ahead of the 80s celtics so you just got 80s lakers uh who are uh, ahead of them probably at this point won the five championships in the 80s and the and the spread the spurs is spurs it's hard because it was over such a wide time span yeah, and also, frankly, they just didn't resonate in that same way. <laughs> this is the yeah. Hall of Fame. Like, that matters maybe in the margin. It might be – you could probably argue about the 80s, too, just because, like, Magic and Bird and that Lakers-Celtics rivalry was so important to the league. Yeah. Uh, but, all right, certainly top five. And, yeah, even and Clay and Draymond still had their moments. It, Draymond, to me, is even still playing at an all-star level this year. He was playing – even though he didn't play that many games last year, he was playing – made the all-star team last year as well so yeah I, it, those two guys to me have to be and they're also old enough now that most of their work is done and i think they have done enough yeah paul exactly. george might surprise some people though uh, john let, let's talk a little more a little bit more about his candidacy six all nbas uh, best player at a conference finals team uh arguably two different ones uh i mean you'd say he's the best player on that indiana team too uh, seven-time All-Star could make it eight this year. I think he's probably more likely to just miss than make it, but could could end up making it eight. Uh, I think his resume is going to end up looking pretty ironclad when it's all done. I mean, he's still he's still accumulating too. Uh, 30, 32, closing down thirty-three. So 
definitely probably getting into the the backside of his career, but he's still accumulating a lot of the counting stats and stuff too, where you get uh, you know twenty thousand points. I think is in play for him and some other milestones like that. He's going to end up pretty high in a lot of all-time leaderboards. I, th- I think his resume is just going to end up so rock solid that I mean, to me, he was like a borderline guy for that NBA top seventy-five list, and I, I, I just I think he could I think he could quit now and get in. I think certainly by the time he's done, he waltzes right in. When healthy, he's been a top twenty player in the NBA and on the fringes of the top ten in a lot of years since the 2013 season and you know they've made made two conference finals in indiana as the best player had i think he was a top three mvp guy in 2019 when he was with the thunder and then you know also it had some he's had some ugly moments in his career there's this feeling that he's not clutch but also just in terms of how good of a player he is to me yeah he's probably not a guy who should be the best player on a championship team but he fits so well with his shooting and defense around other players so uh, i think he's really really good uh, and there's you know he's, he's averaged over 20 points a game been efficient for you know, it's basically a decade of good play for paul george at this point except for a couple of years that he missed and yeah seven time all-star six time all nba though i think he only has one first team i think his only first team was that 2019 at okc when he finished uh, yeah. third in the mvp voting all right, who would be who has the next best resume to you of anyone who is active right now? All right, I had two guys in my next tier who are kind of birds of a feather that they might have iffy cases if they retired tomorrow, but certainly if they could continue on and do literally anything for the next couple of years, they are absolute shoe-ins. Uh, that is Luka Doncic and Joel Embiid. Let's start with Embiid because Embiid his career basically didn't start until 1718 and even during that period he hasn't played that many games he's never made a conference finals but he's I think he's second in MVP back-to-back years now yes and another guy who's just a I mean he's been so how many like actual seasons does he have at this so 18 19 20 21 22 so he basically has played five years but you he's clearly been at a top 20 level in all five of those years and probably top 10 in most of them. Yes, I mean, he's he's closing in on his sixth All-Star game already. He's closing in on a fifth straight second-team All-NBA selection, <laughs> most likely, <laughs> um, which sounds funny to say because he was so good in, in a lot of those years. But with Jokic there, uh, back-to-back second-place MVP finishes. He's going to be top five again this year. That's a that's a pretty strong resume, even if he hangs it up. He's a more interesting debate because you don't. I mean, he's been, uh, you know, the injury questions that have hung over him, and he's closing in on twenty nine. You don't know how long this meter's going to run, but at the same time, I I mean, if you're going to put Bill Walton in the Hall of Fame, how could you not put Joel Embiid? Well, I, I mean, Bill Walton, I think, reached a higher level than he had Joel the one. Embiid. He had the championship, yeah, which which Embiid does yeah. not. 
and also MVP in in '78 before getting hurt. But and I mean, Bill also is one of the greatest college players ever. You can't none of these guys. There's actually one guy who I think we'll talk about that that is a big booster for him. Uh, yeah, but I, I think Joel would be in, and he's he's just like he, he when you're kind of the leader of a team as well. I think that makes it easier. They've been a, a good team with a, a rotating cast of characters. Yeah, now we kind of and I think. Of all these guys who are here, the only ones, uh, maybe with one exception, Luca is probably the only one to me that has played at an MVP level that's still left. Is that right? I think that's right. Uh, yeah. Depends. Depends. Uh, yeah. I mean, there there's one guy we could talk Tatum about. Tatum would be the other guy, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So Luca, it's. Andy also has an international resume. Plus, there's also this tragedy aspect where if something happened to him where he couldn't play anymore right at this moment, but he was this good. Yeah. And Luka Doncic, this is his fourth all-NBA season. Like, he's arguably been the best offensive player in basketball over the last four years. A few other guys in that conversation. Uh, Getting to the conference finals last year as the only marquee player is huge. Like, his playoff numbers, if you look at that, are just absolutely insane. Yes. Bonkers. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, particularly due to the, you know, tragic aspect of it, you know, if he suffered a career-ending injury tomorrow, I think uh, he would make it in for sure. Um, so, and what, he's only 23 right now. So, yeah. and, and this will be, yeah, a, a, a fourth year. He's going to make a fourth All-NBA team this year, I would imagine, unless something crazy happens. All right. So, yeah, I would say Luca is a lock. Who else is a lock for you based on, based on everything that's happened so far? I've got two more guys here. Okay. I've got one guy who I think is pretty close to a lock. Uh, everyone forgets about him when they're talking about all NBA and elite players and everything else. I mean, Jimmy Butler, best player in the team He's that the went guy. to the finals, right? Yeah. He's going to probably make a seventh all-star team this year. Uh had had all NBA selections. Uh, just I don't know. People forget about him, and he's not going to pull up, put up amazing counting stats for his career. He got a late start because he was a four year collegian, and he's missed some time with injuries. But just <laughs> I mean, he's he's been an elite two way player for several years now, and and big in big moments too. Butler has four all NBA teams. All of them are third teams. Yep. He has struggled to stay on the court, even sometimes in the playoffs, but particularly in the regular season, which is part of why maybe he doesn't have more All-NBA teams. But he, to, to me, is probably the guy who has burnished his resume the most since we did this in the last three years. Remember, that was before the bubble. So Miami yes. makes it to the finals there. He's the best player on that team. Uh, and then they make it to the conference finals in game seven. Last year, he's got that unbelievable game six, which is one of the best playoff games that anyone's ever played in Boston for a completely undermanned Heat team a, a year ago. So Because really, Butler only probably had one good playoff series to his name before 2020. Right, it, it was that that one that they lost when he, the one year he was in Philly to Toronto, and it, even that I don't think was like so spectacular. It wasn't good enough to even win the series. So he's the guy to me that has pushed it the most. Where I, I would say that he probably is a lot. You know, four time All NBA, seven time All Star, and it, it's just it's the only thing that I think is 
maybe a slight demerit for him is just not playing enough in the regular season. But clearly a guy who probably since 2015 has been a top 20 player and again is fringes on the top 10 like him versus Paul George I think I you know you go back and forth on that depending on what year it is yeah definitely and George just has a little more longevity because he got started in his career a little bit earlier and and also I would say this is true for Jimmy Butler too like he might be uh, one of the maybe three or four players. Actually, quick aside here. Who would you name the most improved player trophy after? Because Butler would be one of my candidates. He would be a really good one. Because um, he just came out of nowhere. It was like all the discussion about it. Was, uh, how is he as a 3 and D guy? Is he, can he shoot the high 30s on threes? How is his three-point volume? Like, oh, he's very good on defense. And then all of a sudden, he just becomes the Bulls' best player in 14-15 when everyone's like, oh, Pau Gasol and Derrick Rose. And wow, they sat, uh, Nikola Mirotic finally came over. And all of a sudden, Jimmy Butler is their best player. He'd be he'd be on the short list of players to name the trophy after for sure. I'll give you my other, my other two. We've talked about uh, both of them. Kawhi is one. That would probably yeah. be my pick ultimately. Uh, and people have said Giannis too, but I, Danny and I argued about that because I'm like, Giannis can't shoot. <laughs> like you need, yeah. if you're going to be the most improved, you need to have like, that's, have improved the fundamental skill uh, enough. Um, old, old timers yeah. might, uh, he, I don't think he was good enough. Uh, D- Derek Harper, but wow, I, okay. I, I, I don't think that's, uh, I, I don't think he was prominent enough of a player. To, no, probably not. Did he make any All-Star teams? He might have made like one or two, right? It was I massive. think he's actually one of the best players in NBA history to never make an All-Star team. Is, uh, oh, I is think you're right. Yeah, I think I do recall seeing him on, on those lists. Uh, so no other locks for you? I have some guys who are like close, but I, I, couldn't quite, I couldn't quite call them locks just yet. So I, th- I think everybody else on my list is has there's some level of debate on them. I would say in my own mind, there's a level of debate for Al Horford, but when I ask about whether he's going to get in or not, I think he's for sure going to get in. Wow. I actually had him as a longer shot to get in. Well, the two college championships at, at Florida. Oh, those those will help. Uh, and, and also an international player, you always get a little bit of a boost. But like that. he's but ne- it, it, he never plays for Dominican Republic or has never done anything important for them. No, that's true. So Al Horford, let's talk about just his NBA resume, though. I think he was a really good player for a long time. I don't know if he was a top 20 player at any point. I mean, he was an Eastern Conference All-Star a few times. Uh, you know, I saw I saw a ton of him in Atlanta, obviously. he. I mean, he was, was, was he really good? Of course. Like, we're not talking about any shitty players here. But does he meet this standard for a Hall of Famer? I'm questioning that i mean maybe maybe if boston wins this year and he's a big contributor to that it makes it a little easier for him but i i i I think his i think when you put his resume against some of the other guys that he's going to be up against it's going to it's going to be hard to really push for him yeah that one all nba team was the third team and a five-time all-star but yeah, I would say I don't know that Al Horford was ever what I would consider to be a top twenty player in the NBA. I mean, maybe there's a couple of like twenty fifteen in Atlanta. Maybe you would say he was there. And now I think the one thing that has really changed for him is he's actually had some uh, two really good playoffs now. 
which he hadn't before. Uh, you know, it, early on in his career, 18, he was incredible. And then, you know, I thought he was really, really good in the playoffs last year, too. So making it to that finals. But I think just because of the college, uh, and particularly because a lot of the people who are, I'm sure, on this committee are people who have like this big heart on for college basketball and staying in school and all that, which he did. So I, I would guess, I, I think he will be a lock. I agree with you. I don't think he should be necessarily. I, I don't think he's going to be any kind of lock uh, for sure. Um, I, I could, I could see him getting in, but again, I think it's, I think it's much easier for get him to get in if he has an NBA championship. Yeah, that's probably true. How about, I would say the next player who has the best resume that just as it exists on paper right now, not that okay. he's going to have the best career of some of these guys who are still working on it. Blake Griffin, who somehow is still active. <laughs> yes. I had to, it was funny when I went through this, I had to remind myself that Blake Griffin was still active. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I think he. That 2019 probably solidified it as another All-NBA. He's got five All-NBAs, three second teams, and two first teams. Top three MVP finish in 2014. Definitely a guy who I would say even was a top 10 player probably, and certainly top 20 for at least five years. Uh, But obviously a lot of missed time due to injury as well. But like 12 through 15 with the Clippers, all four of those years, he's awesome. And also like, you know, it's easy to forget now, like what a sensation he was early in his career. Yeah, definitely. He was near the top of my list of debatable players. In other words, I'd say he's probably... 75 to 80 percent right he's he's pretty much done in the accumulation phase would we agree on that like boston winning a championship this year does nothing for blake griffin's hall of fame resume right because he's not going to be he's not going to matter toward that yes no i i think that's right i mean he might get a few token minutes playing you know guarding Giannis and Kupo in the playoffs or something but other than that, no, I, I agree. I mean, the 2019 was the last season he had that mattered. So he's a very short time now. If it's the injuries are part of the reason why he fell off. You know, and also, I think he's hurt by, you know, 16, 17, his last two years with the Clippers. He just didn't play a ton, had injuries in the playoffs both those years, which really hurt him. You know, if he even just is able to uh, have a full playoffs in those season and they, they, they win their first round series those years, that might have even been enough to make him a lock. But I think he has to be five all NBA teams and just a guy. If you're a top 10 player for five years, like that's that's enough. Like there are so many players who never reached the level that he reached who are in the Hall of Fame. And I don't want to use that as my sole baseline. But to me, I I think he's that good. Like I, I if it, I were running things, he's in. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. What, what kind of categories should we hit on next year? Should we talk about some of these more, these guys who are just, are mostly done with their Yeah, sure, resumes? sure. Um, so the next guy I had on my list was Andre Iguodala, who I think is going to be a, a fascinating case. The Hall of Fame historically has treated players of this ilk very kindly. Uh, <laughs> lo- long career plus multiple championships, uh, role player on a championship team. That 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 archetype has probably been treated the most kindly. At the same time, he was also before that a good player in his own right, the best player on his Philadelphia teams, uh, made multiple All Star teams. So it's not just it's not just hanging on with 
with Steph Curry that gets him in this discussion either. Yeah, no, he hung out with Jimmy Butler in 2022, made made another finals then. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean that's crazy. He's been to seven NBA finals. That is that is a lot. Uh, but I, I think you know, and he didn't really contribute at all to that Warriors team last year, which was kind of too bad for his candidacy. Won that NBA Finals MVP, which a lot of these role player types haven't. It's funny because the last half of his career is probably overrated, but the first half of his career is probably underrated because people just didn't understand what he was doing defensively. He wasn't a primary scorer, and you know, people didn't probably appreciate his passing and understanding the game and ball movement. So, uh, a one-time all-star, even in a weak ass Eastern conference at the beginning of the 2010s. Right. But like the fact that he only has, I think like one or two all defensive teams. Yes. That's, that's a crime. That's ridiculous. I agree. Like he's, uh, so that's back when, uh, particularly on the wing, all defensive teams, they just didn't know what the hell they were doing at that point to have Kobe Bryant win 15 <laughs> all defensive teams or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, I think the thing that may push him over the line, uh, even though it was a controversial award to say the least, 2015 NBA Finals MVP. Right. That may be what pushes him in. But we're talking about somebody who has never averaged 20 points a game and made one all-star team. Like, that's the, that's an, that's going to be an interesting one. I, I think he's probably going to get in because of the rings, but I think that's an interesting one. And I go back and forth on whether I personally would vote for him or not. Yeah, we'll make a call. <laughs> I'm, just, uh, I'm just not sure he was ever really a top 20 player. I, I would I would probably uh, be yeah. more more inclined to exclude him. I think he probably was at, at times in those Philly days. I would I would have to go back and really do it, which I, I hope to do someday uh, to kind of go back and retroactively do my top 10 or top 20 players in the NBA. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, if you look at even the analytics, like early in the era when we had on off, like he was, was viewed probably as a top 20 player, even like, you know, that season in Denver, for example. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. He he's probably the most borderline candidate to me. I think I really need to lock in even more on some of those Philly years for him. I would say there are guys who are basically done though that have better resumes than him. Uh, I would say okay. of the guys who are like really late career right now, Kyle Lowry has got to be in. Yeah, I think the championship in Toronto probably put him over the top. Six-time All Star and. Has he made all NBA? He had to have somewhere in there, right? Once. Um, only once. So, uh, kind of got a late start on his quote-unquote prime because uh, he didn't really start shooting until five years into his career. Yeah, one of the all-time late improvers in his career. Oh, maybe we got to name the trophy after him. Uh, honestly, I think that's uh, particularly given the fact that he continued to be good later into his career than you would expect like i he would be a candidate for me maybe didn't reach high enough heights but yeah his first uh, season that he really was uh, played at an all-star level although he didn't make the all-star team was 13 14 and was the best player on those toronto teams up until the Kawhi year uh so he, he played at an all-star level seven years i would say at an all nba level even though he didn't make the teams like another guy that the analytics like absolutely loved even though his tradition 
emotional stats are not yeah and so even, unbelievable. Even in Houston, yeah, yeah. By by his last year in Houston, he was really good. Yeah. No, I mean, remember he got traded to Toronto for the first ever reverse protected first rounder. Like it, that was a hey, you can't tell the story of the NBA without him, John. <laughs> But yeah, he's got to be in, particularly with the championship, best Raptor of all time. I think that's that's also something that if you are really resonate in a specific place for a long time, that boosts your candidacy. This is one that you and I totally scoffed at three years ago. Okay, Demar Derozan. Yeah, yeah. I would I would still probably be inclined to uh, keep him out, but I think his resume is is getting pretty close. Uh, Five All Stars probably going to make it six this year, so get get to the point where it's where it's <laughs> where he's 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 building the case. He's going to have a he's going to have a pretty awesome point total by the time it's all over. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, this is one where I'm pretty sure he will make it at this point. He's also a guy that just basketball people just love his game more yeah. maybe than we do. Yeah, but I, I mean, I loved him shooting fifty three percent from mid range last year. He was pretty fucking good <laughs> when yeah. he did that, right? I think last year, and then also you know another clear all star level of season this year with Chicago is that might push him over. Yeah, to me, three, three it's just it, yeah, three all NBAs. So it would be a sixth all star this year. Zero playoff resume. Yeah, zero. You're right. Zero playoff resume, and. I mean, he had one great game in Game Two last year against the Bucks. That was basically it. And a guy who I mean, he had this incredible streak where I think his team was worse with him on the floor for like six or seven straight years in Toronto, and even going into the San Antonio years. The San Antonio years were kind of in the wilderness for him. How to? It's just really weird because, he, like, I thought he was for a long time was one of the most overrated players in the NBA, and then all of a sudden last year he was like legitimately really effective. Had easily the best year of his career last year. Yes, and did it. I think at age either thirty two or thirty three. Uh, yeah, you, you can't tell the story of modern analytics without the example of tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's, yeah, I. How many top twenty seasons would you say he has? Like, I might say only one. One. <laughs> one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree. So, yeah, to, to me, to me, he's a hard guy to put in, but I think there's going to be a lot of momentum to put him in. Yeah, last year was the first year, and I'm basically for all of his relevant career, I've been doing my top ten players in the NBA, and yeah, you know, I usually go deeper than that. And he basically has never figured until last year. And I think last year I had him like in the low teens. Um. Okay, we haven't talked about a guy who I think is going to be very controversial, but I think ultimately is going to get in once once time has passed and his resume becomes the thing that people look at. Uh, and that is Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I, I, I think he he's very close to a lock to me another guy that players and basketball people just like his game maybe more than others do although the shooting makes him a guy who can play next to a lot more people the interestingly although he has this clutch reputation he basically only ever had one good playoffs but no i guess 2017 he was really good too but uh two good playoffs essentially 
and missed a bunch of playoffs. Obviously, there's all the controversy. I, I think he'll, as you noted, be able to move beyond that. He could well add another All-Star game this year. He should add another All-Star game this year. Might add another All-NBA this year. So I, I think, it, and then another guy who has that, just that juice in terms of his impact on the game, popularity, aesthetics to his game, one of the best ball handlers of all time. So I, I think, yeah, even, I think even if his career ended today due to injury, some, due to something non-controversial, I think he would be. Most likely, yeah. I think the thing that puts him over the top is that 2016 finals. Yeah, yeah, and hit, hitting... You know, one of the five biggest shots in NBA history, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, what's the argument against him? Just the the lack of just full seasons, playoff moments. Just the what? How many All Star teams he's made? Like six, at least like seven, seven All Star teams, right? Seven. Yeah. yeah. And he'll make an eighth one this year. Oh, I don't think yeah, he's, he's gonna make it this year. You don't think he will? You think the coaches are gonna vote for him? Are you out of your mind? Uh, how close is he to making it uh, being voted in? I think he's pretty close to getting voted in, right? No, they'll, the coaches will vote for him. Is if the, as long as, as particularly if the Nets don't just crater in the next two weeks or whatever. I don't know. Actually, we're 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 going to do this podcast next week, so we can argue about it more then. Well, and, and regardless, if we're talking about from our opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he he's been a top twenty player in the NBA for at least five years. If I'm if I'm going to yeah put that as my criteria, I mean 16, 17, 18, Although he he only played, he, he just missed so many playoffs. Like that's the the only re- thing that gives me pause is the games played and the missed playoffs. Like that's that's the thing. Like when he's healthy, there's no question that every year he's a t- been a top 20 guy since 14 mm-hmm. when he was 22. He's still only 32 or only 30. I think you also. just gave him a couple of years. Yeah. He turns 31 in March. Yeah. I, I said that when I said he's only 30 comma two. the editor. <laughs> oh, okay. Decided okay. to change it to also to make it clear. Yeah. I think he's got to be in, in terms of guys who, you know, what would their resume be at this exact moment to make it? I got, yeah, I got, I got, so I got one more guy who I think is like a real 50-50 call. And he's basically done accumulating things on his resume. And okay. that is Kevin Love. Ooh, Kevin Love. Yeah. I think he makes it. I think and he probably pro- should, right? Probably makes it. Probably should. Five-time All-Star who I think probably got shafted one or two times too, but um, won the championship in Cleveland, which I think is important for his for his uh, resume. Only two All-NBA selections. Yeah, it's interesting. I think if he had stayed in Minnesota, he would probably actually be more of a lock. Yeah, because he would have he would have had more accumulation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was averaging like twenty six points and twelve rebounds in Minnesota, and I think he's a guy who maybe this is also pretty interesting, John. He's only averaged twenty points a game three times. He has two times averaging twenty six, one time averaging twenty. Those are the three All Star seasons he had in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and then the most he's averaged since then is nineteen. Yeah. He's... So you can say, like, and even, like, the 17-18 season, he makes the all-star team them. And, but he's still only averaging, like, 18 points a game. And, you know, he's efficient. He's shooting shooting the ball well. But it, not really a guy who can create offense at that point. And that was a team that desperately needed a second score, right? You could say, all right, you know, he sacrificed the years with LeBron and Irving. Worth noting, by the way, that Kevin Love was considered to be way better than Kyrie Irving at the time of that trade. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 
Jay traded the number one pick for him. Yeah, I I thought his Cleveland tenure was ultimately pretty disappointing. I would agree with that. Certainly the post-extension tenure. <laughs> well, yeah, it, 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 it was in the six-man conversation last year. So, all right, how many top 20 seasons does he have or, or whatever criteria you want to use, right? I mean, I think maybe four. Probably at least two. I'm sorry? Maybe four, maybe three. I, I'm not sure I can get to five. Does a Final yeah. Four at UCLA get him anything? Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's just generally considered a good citizen as well, and he's done some good things for mental health. Uh, also, he's been won the championship. He's been a prominent player. I would probably, if I'm, let me ask you this: Who do you think has a better resume, him or Andre Iguodala? I would say Iguodala. Like Love, I, definitely reached higher heights. Le, Le, yeah, Le, Love was a better player at his peak, with without a doubt. Uh, and, and it's interesting because I, I think the league changed around Kevin Love in a way that really hurt him. Like the first part of the last decade, that stretch four was devastating. And yeah. then teams kind of figured out, oh yeah, we can just play another wing here. We can switch. We can front the post. Like we're not going to just get killed in the post by Kevin Love. We can deal. There are just ways to deal with him. Oh, by the way, like this guy can't actually defend the power forward most teams who are good defenses needed to be able to switch at power forward love couldn't do that he had to play center so the league if he had just finished out his career you know he starts his career in 05 instead of 20 2009 then maybe he just finishes it out and is awesome really interesting about him but i i after really that first cleveland year like i just don't you didn't feel him you know he, he just yeah. was not someone that i felt like you really feared like now he, the analytics always really liked him they would say he wasn't as bad on defense he didn't probably got defensive rebounds uh he spread the floor obviously that's very useful you know he's shooting he's shooting basically his entire cleveland career he's shooting under 50 percent from two yeah i've i've sort of convinced myself that he probably shouldn't make it but i think i think he probably will end up making it i w- i would say yes on both counts uh, I would. I mean, I, I guess it's just like he and Blake Griffin are somewhat similar guys in that they had early career peaks. It's just that love, you know, if he has, even has one more year in, in Minnesota, right? Like he's got the thir- 12, 13 season. He only plays 18 games. He had like a bunch of hand fractures that year. He wasn't good when he played. And if he just plays the same way in that season as he plays in 12 and 14, maybe you get there. Then he gets up to six all-star teams. Maybe yeah, a third All-NBA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just didn't play well enough in Cleveland to me, ultimately. Yeah. I have another guy who I think is, in terms of his current resume right now, Okay. maybe his name is absolute mud at the moment. I think Rudy Gobert. Ta- yep. I, he only has three all-star selections. I think he is absolutely a Hall of Famer, without a doubt, um, and should sail right in. I think he's we, done making all-star yeah. teams, probably, but yeah, he is, yeah. He, he is a Hall of Famer, without any doubt to me, and should sail right in. Yeah, I mean, you've got a basically since 20, so 16 through 22. So that's a, that's a seven season period. He's in the defensive player of the year conversation. Yes. Right? Like if Ben Wallace is in, Rudy Gobert should be. In. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and Ben and Wallace it, was kind of a borderline case for some people. But yeah. An all time defensive player. Uh, now, had, Wallace did have much more of a playoff resume than Gobert, but I don't think that was Gobert's fault. Gobert, one of the few guys with more All NBA selections than All Star selections, actually. 
Yeah, and, and, and we've talked about this before that All Star. I try not to focus on that as much because it's just it's half basically based on half of a season, and it's like, oh, you missed fifteen games in the first half of the season. Now you don't get voted in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was the best player on a team with the best regular season record, which I think is a good resume line. Yeah, some people might have said Mitchell as the best player. Like, I always went back and forth on that. I think what what those two guys have done since leaving Utah might be an indication that uh, Mitchell was better than we thought, but also those players have evolved. Yeah, I, I think that's more father time speaking. I, I just thought everything they did there was built around... Gobert at at both ends. I think so. It it is disappointing, though, that at age 30, it looks like he might be done. We'll see whether he can bounce back a a little bit. But obviously, like being part of this trade and then immediately not being any good anymore, that's going to be a a little bit of a stain. Can't tell the story of the NBA without him. That he's this this will be the. (laughs) <laughs> like the moment that like trade values overall around the league were the highest in NBA history was the moment that uh, Tim Connolly hit send on that, <laughs> on that trade proposal. All right, let's, let's breeze through a few of these late career guys here. His resume hasn't really changed since we last talked about him. Derek Rose, I think he's probably out. Only really had one full All NBA level of season. He might have made two All NBA teams the year he was hurt. Uh, it's just it did what MVP. It just not enough seasons, which is really like even if he had like one or two more high level of seasons, it just it's just such a shame that to have his best year at 22. And, and it's a little weird that he's actually, you know, it's not like his career was just over. Right. It wasn't like a Brandon Roy situation. Yeah, it was. He just was able to come back and play and he had more injury issues, but he's continued to be around. It looks like he's finally done now. He you know, was in the six man conversation a couple of years, the last couple of seasons. Maybe that helps him a little bit. What do you think will happen with him? Oh, I don't think he'll make it. No? No. Hey, well, I, if, if only his final four appearance didn't have to get vacated. They vacated, yeah. They went to the finals, yeah. The final game, he missed a key free throw. They could have won an NCAA championship. Actually, I bet you if they, if they could have won an NCAA championship with him as the best player and it didn't get vacated. And, like and, reta- and retained, won and retained an NCAA championship, yes. That, that probably would have yeah. helped. John instead, instead, former Grizzlies legend uh, Mario Chalmers hit the shot that uh, sent the right. game to overtime. Uh, how, how about John Wall? Looked to be certainly on the path. If we do this after the 2017 season, you're probably thinking it's a lock, and then he basically has accumulated nothing since then. He's a pretty easy no for me. I, I just don't think yeah. he. I just don't think he had enough seasons at the at the peak level he achieved, which still wasn't. Like, I still don't think at his peak he was a top 10 guy in the league. He was a top 20 guy, but yeah. uh, I I just I just can't get that. I mean, the Wizards were just never anything significant. Uh, did they win the title as you're at Kentucky? It might help them a little. No, they got beat. Uh, they lost to West Virginia. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. In the, uh, in the Elite Eight. Wow. All right. All right. Yeah, I, I can't get there on him. Five-time All-Star. Only one time All NBA in sixteen seventeen. That was the most lucrative one time All NBA selection that's ever happened. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, you think that's really true though. You think about it because that was the first year that they could do the designated player veteran extensions. It was he was two years out from the end of that, that five year contract, and that, that contract remember was signed. Remember he's complaining that he's paid the same as Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. Like that was under the the pre salary cap expansion. Then you know he 
uh, injures himself in 18, tries to come back in 19, then sits out again, then he tears his Achilles. I think it was in the shower during 19. So he would have never signed anything close to that contract under the old rules, but he got paid for four extra years, two years out. And by the time that extension kicked in, you can't tell the story of the... All right. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree. Probably not there. You know, maybe if he could have come in and played a role on like a really good Clippers team doesn't look like that's going to happen here Kemba Walker I think somewhat similar story to Wall just not gonna uh, not enough you know if he could have just had another couple of years on a good Boston team maybe we'd be talking about it Mike Conley uh I love my guy but I I don't think there's enough there yeah, did make an all-star team in Utah. Again, maybe if those Utah teams could have had a little bit more postseason success, we might be thinking about it for Conley. Part of the problem for Conley was he didn't really ramp up to you know, even like a low-level all-star level for five or six years at the beginning of his career, too. Name the trophy after him. Here's a guy we didn't even discuss at all last time. Okay. He had not even been traded to the Bucks yet. Drew Holiday. This is one now. Now we're getting into the guys where I think their current resume is probably a no, but we're just talking about hey, if the, yeah. what we think will happen in the future. Yeah. I think his resume is probably going to end up still not being strong enough. He, it's. I think it's going to be hard for people to look back and appreciate him, which which will work against him. I think Milwaukee winning another championship would help him a lot. Uh, racking up another all-defense selection would help him. Two-time NBA teammate of the year. Kid can't ignore that. Um, yeah, I I mean, he's he's never made all-NBA. I don't think he's ever going to. Only a one-time all-star way back in 2013. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's it's awful that he's only made it one time, right? But, no. Yeah, like these last, uh, yeah. uh, 21 and 22, he absolutely should have been. 100%. It's ridiculous that, yeah. that he didn't and, yeah. and that some other guy like and we wouldn't even remotely be talking about this if the Bucks don't win the championship in twenty one. Yes. But yeah. probably a hall of very good if it I would say maybe he's been around a top twenty player like a couple of years in Milwaukee. I just don't think he has quite enough of a resume. Yeah. We'd probably need another championship, another all star selection, and then we're then we're talking more seriously about it. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing in Milwaukee, he all of a sudden morphed into this really good three-point shooter. You know, 39 and 41% his first two years in Milwaukee. It totally, I think, changed the trajectory of his career to where he's good enough offensively now that and i mean one of one of the best defensive cards ever i think you would have to say that but yeah just not quite there for me okay let's get into a few more i've been driving this boat for too long who else do you really want to so i have three guys who are mid-career who i just wrote keep doing what you're doing and and they'll get in uh and i don't know that there's a lot for us to debate right now but jason tatum donovan mitchell devin booker kind of birds of a feather uh, you'd probably go Tatum, Booker, Mitchell if you're ranking them, but all three of them, I think, are on the same trajectory where if they just keep doing what they're doing for three or four more years, they have enough to get in. And it's it's just basically we're just looking at our watches and seeing if they can keep accumulating, right? It actually, even after this season, it wouldn't shock me if Tatum would get in. He was going to make a third All-NBA this year. He's going to make a fourth All-Star team this year. He's going to be a top five MVP finish. I think he had top five MVP last year too, right? 
Uh, I don't know. I think I think Booker might have been fifth last year. Oh yeah, I think, actually I think you're right about that. Yeah, and and uh, also by the way, 22 Eastern Conference MVP, first year that we've had that. But that's I like that they've introduced that award. By okay, the way. I think that's that's I think that's important for yeah. uh, some of these career discussions. Certainly, yeah, if, to, I if, mean if he's, even if, if he's the yeah. best player in a champion this year, then I think that any debate is over. Uh, yeah, both both Tatum and Booker have been the best player on a team that went to the finals. Uh, but not the best player in a champion. Yeah, and Booker, I think, was hurt early in his career by the Suns situation. I mean, he's actually another guy who has done the most to improve his resume, I would say, over the last three years, in part due to Chris Paul and Monty Williams arriving there, too. But, of course, he's been fantastic. Yeah, I think that's one. Who's the third guy you said? Donovan Mitchell. That's interesting. Yeah, is he... I think particularly this season, he has kind of surged. But like I, I always thought he was sort of in the morass of third-team All-NBA guards. I don't, he has not ever made an All-NBA team, has he? I don't believe he has, no. Yeah, it cost him a lot of money, actually, to not make it. That ankle injury that he suffered at the end of 21 probably cost him $35 million bucks. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's been, I think had kind of incremental improvement over the years that maybe hasn't been as apparent to some, but he's going to be a four-time All-Star after this season, only 26, averaging 29 a game for this Cleveland team. So, yeah, I, I think this year has proven that he's up beyond the level of maybe some of his peers in that, like, lower-level third-team All-NBA guard discussion. Yes, Definitely. Now, it's possible maybe he's just, like, shooting the lights out this year and that's not sustainable and he might drop off. But I think Cleveland's going to be good for a while, too. Um, you know, no, another really good citizen type. Uh, I think he's been kind of on the borderline of top 20. I, I wouldn't quite put him in the same category as Booker or Tatum yet. But I, I think he's, he's, not, he's not too far if, away. If you ask me, yeah. yeah, if you ask me 50% chance, does Donovan Mitchell make the Hall of Fame? I would say yes, for sure. Yes, I'd agree with that couple other guys who i think are kind of borderline ones that that would be interesting okay let's just go through these rapid fire chris middleton yeah i have a hard time seeing that one yeah another one who i think if the bucks can win another championship or even make it to another finals maybe that changes things a little bit uh a three-time all-star probably but maybe even even he's a guy who's been a little like he's a, a good fit guy but he might actually be a little overrated like he, he uh, the Charlotte test for him. I know that uh, Milwaukee is probably even a smaller market than Charlotte, but because he's been in the playoffs next to Giannis, he fits really well next to Giannis. I'm just not sure like how good he is independently. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He did did deserve some credit for getting them into the finals, although in a, against a decimated Hawks team as well in 21 without Giannis. But yeah, just not a guy who like he's had playoff moments, but I always kind of felt to me like it was more because he was there and he was their guy in the perimeter and he can do some stuff like he doesn't have many weaknesses, which is useful. But I, I don't know that he's a guy who's ever struck like absolute fear into the hearts of defenses. He's kind of he's very kind of Joe Johnson like actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Better passer, better defender. Not as good as uh, Ice with Joe. Um, Jalen Brown, he's another one where if I had to say, will he or will he not make it? I might be I, just because I think the Celtics would be good the next few years. I would say maybe just slightly more likely that he makes it. 
I think he has a leg up because of that. Yeah, I, I kind of listed him with like a younger cohort who are like still accumulating stuff. But yeah, yeah. he can if he if he has. I mean, he's only made one all-star team so far. I think he's going to make it again this year. And if he does that, you know, keeps doing that. I Like, I think it's Tatum's team, but he's the number two guy. And if he's the number two guy in a team that's, you know, winning championships or going to the finals or whatever, I think his his resume, you look, if we did this again in three years, it wouldn't surprise me if we were talking about him as a near lock. Yeah, I think he's gotten screwed on some all-NBA discussions and it- – all-star maybe is as well like he he's a guy who like last year for all-star if they just selected the all-star team at the end of the season he clearly would have been on it yeah bradley beal i think just hasn't done enough at a high level three all-star selections maybe it been at an all-star level for another couple of years to where he could have made it so uh but not a guy like maybe on the lower ends of the top 20 to some of these years hasn't really had any relevance in the playoffs I think he would have to get traded somewhere and have another really good couple of seasons and then also really figure in the playoffs to get into the discussion for me. Yeah, he's a Hall of Very Good guy for me. Now, another guy who could, you know, because he's going to be fucking Mr. Wizard, I guess, maybe that gives him a boost. Uh, but yeah, I, I, not, not oh. a guy who has the resume to me. I can't. Okay, young guys here. Okay. Who, who is your next, of all the players that we have talked about, or we haven't talked about yet, who is your most likely Hall of Famer? Ja Morant. Yeah, I think I think that would be my pick there, too. Yeah. You worry some about injuries with him, but I think by comparison, I mean, Zion would be the other guy you'd be comparing him to. And I, I think he's going to end up with all NBAs, all stars over these next three or four years. Memphis is going to be making deep playoff runs. He's going to be the go-to guy. He's going to be, you know, you talk about tell the story of the NBA. Uh, has so many highlight plays that I think are going to resonate. Uh, even even if he ends up having an early peak, I, I think he's going to end up with a really strong resume by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, and I believe in that organization to keep putting guys uh, around him. Who would be next then? You think Zion? I would probably go with with Zion, the 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 other guy I'd written down was Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, this Gobert trade, maybe that even hurts him. Like he hasn't yeah. played well with Gobert. He's had a lot more injury concerns lately. Like when we last talked about this, he was really durable. He got started pretty early in his career, but yeah, I, I, I have this feeling that he might just end up being this big albatross contract. We're talking about him at an eight-year now because he's hurt. Yeah, with this calf issue, he's been out since the beginning of December. And the Wolves are really disappointing. Yeah, I mean, he still has to do more stuff, right? He's at three all three All Stars and one third team All NBA, I think. Like he's he's still got to yeah. he's still got to accumulate a lot more stuff, and I think it's going to get harder going forward for him. Yeah, and it just because of the nature of his game, I and being a big who can't defend, it's hard for me to see how he's going to make a dent deep in the playoffs. Definitely. That's part of the thing that's so interesting about this now. It even applies to Jokic to some degree, although I agree with you as a lock already. Of just that regular season basketball is just has the biggest divergence that's ever had from postseason basketball. Absolutely. And so there are guys like Demonis Sabonis is another one. He's probably going to make his third All Star team this year. Not that I thought he deserved the first two this year. I think it, he probably does deserve it, but I'll have to really dive into that for next year or next week. Will you, will you speak at his induction ceremony? Yeah, me, me and Chris Denary can do the, the uh, <laughs> induction together. Um, Bam Adebayo. Yeah, next. so this is the next guy I'd written down. I, I think he's on the outside looking in right now. 
I think he would... Even if he just continues on this path? I mean, what is... What is this path? I mean, is he like a monstrous offensive player? He's one of the best defensive centers. He's one. He's one of the best defensive centers. I Who, think who's he's, averaging over twenty points a game this year. Okay, and the flip side of that is, I don't know. Like he's the second best player on an average team right now. Like what? what I, I, there, there's. He, uh, he should already have two and possibly three all-star selections. He's, he's going to be top five in defensive player of the year, I think, for a while. As much of it really just depends on what happens with Miami. Yeah. I, I think he's he's never going to have the ceiling, but like I think he's better than Al Horford was for a lot of his career. Again, a guy we thought was kind of on the borderline. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't think Al Horford's a Hall of Famer. I, I think Bam, I would probably be more receptive to voting for him than than what I think his odds of actually being voted in are going to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he he should get credit for 2020 and 2022, those Miami performances, though. Um, I think we're probably sleeping on the candidacy of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yes. He's just been so good this year, and he'll, uh, surely you would think he's going to make the All-Star team this year. Yes. This will be his first All-Star selection, but and I as think, good as he's been. I think he might be second-team All-NBA this year. So, and that'll be uh, probably won't be just because OKC will fall off or whatever, and the voters will re- reward winning. He might be all second team All NBA in my view, but I think he's just been so good that yeah, you just like he's playing well enough this year that if you just keep that up for five or six more years, and I think his game also should age relatively well with his size. Yeah. I think OKC will eventually become relevant again. Like he's, but I, I think like he's of a lot of these guys. He's playing much better this year than a lot of these guys that we've mentioned. Yes, Trey Young. Uh, so I would say everyone's a little down on him right now. He's could end up with some crazy counting stats, which which could help him a lot. I think yeah. he's made two he's two All Star teams. He's not going to make it this year, I don't think. But I think he will make more All Star teams. I think he will have more seasons where he makes. Second or third team All NBA, uh, so I to me he's a guy who's he is on a trajectory to make it. He, he still has to keep doing more stuff. Yeah, if he just plays at the level that he played at the three years before this one, yeah, I, I think he probably will end up being a lock. Although another guy I don't necessarily expect to have a great playoff resume, and some of the teammate stuff already noise that he wants out of Atlanta. You could it just has a feel. And, and you mentioned this, that like his brand is down. So we're evaluating him at an Adir right now. He can't make a shot this year, which I don't think will be permanent. But I, I there's just, it, it, there's a possibility, I think, that he could just will look back and be like, wow, his star was the highest a year or two years ago, and he never got back to that point. So I, I'd put him right on the borderline. Yep. I, I think that's definitely Pascal, on the table. Yeah. Pascal Siakam, don't think he's going to end up with enough of a resume. I mean, he's really only yeah. got probably three all-star level of seasons. He right would. Now. He's a guy who would have to play at this level. And he's, he's 28 already, going on 29. Um, he'd yeah. have to play at this level for probably at least three more years to, to really – resonate at a hall of fame level i mean he's he's won a championship he's made all nba twice but he just he just needs to accumulate more stuff and he's getting at an age where it's hard to keep doing that and particularly it doesn't seem like toronto is necessarily going to be relevant soon now he couldn't even end up getting traded he's got one year left on his deal could end up getting extended too brandon ingram is another guy who i think is interesting here 
the health issues uh, have probably been the biggest thing holding him back. Uh, I think he is. Uh, but if he can stay healthy, I think he could get there. He's going to be playing with Zion. I'd say if I had to look at it, though, less than 50% chance for Brandon Ingram, but certainly capable. Yeah, I'd be pretty solidly less than 50% on him. I I, I understand why you bring him up. Now we're, now we're getting into guys who are like, you know, can you look forward and say, like, I, I, I intentionally didn't write down, like, Franz Wagner or Evan Mobley or guys like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if you haven't yet played at an all-star level, let's not talk about you. Uh, Ingram has okay. at least played an all-star level before. Uh, so, so he has that going for him, but yeah, I, I'd say he's unlikely. Yeah, I would. If you had to put a gun to my head and say, "Will Evan Mobley make the Hall of Fame?" I would say yes, greater than fifty percent chance right now. Even if he hasn't played at quite an All Star level yet, Tyrese Halliburton's another interesting one. Like he's definitely playing an All Star level right now. Yeah, and this is only what his third season, so the relevance in Indiana, you wonder about that. I would say he's he's probably right on the borderline for me too of just again this now we're into more of the realm of prediction than Yeah. But you know, I mean he's he's reached a level in his third season that even if he doesn't get any better and just plays like this for another 6 or 7 years, I think he would be in. I would agree with that. Yeah, so he's I would take Shea's odds over Tyrese's uh both point guards who are going to make their first all-star all-star team this year. But, yeah, Tyrese has definitely become a guy who's interested to talk about now. I would say Paulo, I would give, uh, like, a greater than 50% chance to. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't argue that. He's, he's yeah, again, I've been impressed. You're extrapolating it out here. Uh, so, the, yeah, those are the three, the, the really young guys who haven't made an all-star team yet that, and Shea probably could throw in there too, that I would say, yeah, like greater than 50% chance they are going to make it. Then there's a few other names we could breathe through, like Franz is one. Uh, LaMelo Ball. You know, Cade, I'm sorry. Yeah, LaMelo is an interesting one too. He won't make an all-star team this year. He has made an all-star team yes. last year. Uh, it's just, I would say maybe slightly less than 50% chance for Ball in part just due to where he plays basketball right now. Like if he were just with a better organization and the same player, I probably would be would be in on it. Are you saying he doesn't pass the Charlotte test? <laughs> Charlotte, Charlotte doesn't pass. The, <laughs> Charlotte does the not NBA pass test. the Charlotte test. Yes. Um, Jaron Jackson, another guy who I think you know he he's playing at an All Star level this year for the first time. Has the health issues. If I had to say, he seemed he and Job both kind of seem like guys who might kind of flame out a little bit. Zion's another one we haven't talked about him, but he, yeah. he obviously you know if he just has three healthy years, he's going to make it. Um, few other guys that came to mind for me: Anthony Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Another guy who I think probably more likely than not to make it. One of the highest upsides of these people on this list, but also just maybe has maybe has this path where he just doesn't get that much better. I don't think so though, given his physical capabilities. Might you know, be a Kate guy would still be out there. Might be yeah, a guy sorry. with a crazy like points accumulation career as well. Desmond Bain is kind of an interesting one. Like who just like he's he's playing at a level this year when healthy. Where if he keeps that up, we'd be talking about it. Particularly if this Memphis team is like it becomes one of the big teams in the next five years or so. Man, I guess I don't know. I think we're I think we're starting to scrape the barrel here. Lowry Markinen gonna make an All Star team this year. Pretty young still. That's like, true. I, I mean, like that's yeah. true. Uh, Inter- international play for Finland. 
<laughs> so this is the last question I want to ask you. Okay. Oh, and, and also I, I wanted to mention this because we talked about Ben Simmons last time and mm-hmm. it seemed like he was on the path. I mean, it seems pretty unlikely he's going to make it now, right? Like he he was, I, I thought he was overrated then and he has, he's done basically nothing. He, well, he needs a nothing, GPS but. and two Sherpas to even find the path. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, who would you have as the second most likely to make the Hall of Fame out of the 2022 draft? Oh, you know what? I got to remind myself before I before I knee jerk. Yeah, make sure we don't miss anyone. It's a tough call. There's nobody else that really stands out. the The fact that Chet Holmgren hasn't played in a game, I think, actually helps him in this discussion because <laughs> yeah, because you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily go for anyone else on this list. No, I, I think there's, there's going to be. Really I think there's going to be some good players in this draft. Don't get me wrong, but it you know one or two guys might emerge out of the blue or whatever, like like usually happens. But right now, I would go Chet Holmgren, not out of any conviction, just because I haven't seen anything from anyone else uh, who was drafted toward the top who, that that would really get my heart pumping that they're on their way to a Hall of Fame career. Like Benedict Mathurin's been good, but I I, I don't necessarily see see this level of good right uh coming from him last question Mm -hmm. just for fun here what are the odds if you had to call it right now that victor wembenyama is a hall of famer i think that's that's basically what are the odds that he plays long enough to make the hall of fame is is what is what i think you're asking me with him being good enough i think is almost not a debate it's him being healthy enough for long enough I'll call it 80%. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say 75% personally. And that's, uh, I think the, the odds of him being healthy and not being good enough are pretty low. So there are just the injury questions. And as we've gone back and looked at the history of these quote unquote generational prospects, and to me, he's has one of the best resumes coming in of those guys. Not resume, but it would be viewed as one of the best prospects of any prospect ever. Like the odds on those guys are pretty good, at least being like all star level of players and. Yeah, he makes five, six all-star teams, some international plays. And, all right, well, this is a long one, but I'm glad we were thorough about it. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. And you can join John and I next week only on Dunkdown Prime. We go through our all-star selections and we'll probably eliminate a team from the playoffs too, which we didn't get to this week. And thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you all next time.